I'm okay with saying this. In my opinion, the worst thing already did happen. And so it's like, I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll take one, baby. The church say amen. Amen. And amen again. What's up, everyone out there? This is Take One, um, the official podcast of Downtown Church, and it is November 3rd of 2020, um, Election Day. So for today's podcast, we thought we would just um, not not specifically talk about just the election, but but talk about our our hearts and our response um, during this time um, to our neighbors and and to um, everyone that we're going to encounter today. Um, so here with me, I am Sir Gregory, Sir G. I have our our worship leader, our worship ministress, um, um, Adriana Christmas, Michael Davis holding his his newborn baby, and and uh, Richard Reeves, and we are excited to be um, to start this conversation. So just real quick, um, I'm just going to open up the floor. And Richard, um, I'm sorry, Pastor Reeves, you preached a message on um, this past Sunday from the book of Isaiah. And um, and you talked a lot just about how how we can build idols in our heart, how how the idols in our hearts, um, you know, really affect us in a negative way. And you spoke on um, briefly just about our how can we maintain our hope um, in God um, during this season? Can you just kind of, um, I'm just remind us right now of what you talked about? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 through 26 was really the, the focus of our uh, sermon. And I love that passage, and I love how it came up. Number one, we planned this a long time ago. This is not a passage that we chose just to address the election. So I was assigned to preach, and I was assigned this passage on this Sunday, uh, I think really showing God's um, concern and care. I don't think there's a better passage because uh, basically what those verses are doing is um, it's like a, I likened it to a mama uh, pulling her little children to the side, saying, "Do you, you got to remember who you are and who you're not?" Mm -hmm. And um, you know, God is saying, you know, "To whom will you liken God, or what likeness compare with Him?" And uh, He said, "Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers." Um, and, you know, I think that's that the last four years and um, really the last our entire lives, the whole political season of our lives is really getting deep into the weeds of the circumstances and the issues that affect all our lives. But in so doing, um, our problems grow, grow large, politicians grow large in our minds, and God becomes almost pea-sized. Yeah. Um, so Isaiah is telling us, hey, just remember, remember that he rules over the nations. He says the, the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. <laughs> so is God uh, biting his nails today over this election? No. Uh, he's going to reign and rule in a mighty way um, today, just like he did yesterday, yeah. and he's going to do the same tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that was powerful. And, and one thing that really stood with me 
I'm doing your sermon with just a reminder of how big God is, how mm-hmm. he is bigger than this election. He's bigger than any uh, candidate and we can place our hope in. Um, mm-hmm. So so just to um, just remind our listeners, if you are shocked right now, we do have a daddy daycare going on right now. <laughs> uh, Pastor Davis is holding his his six-month-old, and he's tr- um, trying to eat right now. So if you hear a little whining, um, that's what's going on. Um, but Sister Christmas, how do you check yourself when you start to feel anxious and start to feel, you know, like just like the world is shaking? Yeah, I think I think the sermon Sunday definitely helped me going into this week. Um, just friends are texting me like, hey, how you feeling, sis? You know, are you anxious? Those types of things. I think that at this point, just like, yeah, God is in control. Um, also, just the knowledge, like Richard pointed out, it's going to be four years. It's not going to be <laughs> the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, so that, you know, just that practically also helps. Um, but also, you know, like. Just like college, huh? four years. Just, just like college, it's four years and it speeds by. Um, but same also, same I same think same. like. You know, we would t- we talk about Enneagram all the time to Michael's chagrin, but um, I'm an Enneagram six. And so it's like you always think about the worst thing that could happen. Mm. Um, I'm OK with saying this. In my opinion, the worst thing already did happen. And so it's like I'm just like, oh, OK, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, last time, and, and again, like as a staff, we are not endorsing any candidate or party. I'm just telling you my personal situation. Um, but the last time, <laughs> you know, I went to bed and I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Well, I actually did. I fell asleep on the couch and then I woke up and I was like, wait, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. So after already having that experience, it's just like, you know what? I didn't die. God is still in control. Um, yeah. And he's still, and I, and I think again, like the sermon, Richard pointing out how the people of God, <laughs> hey man, he's talking to me y'all. Um, the people of God have been through worse, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, the church has remained through so many different uh, politicians, kings, whatever, if you want to talk about from the very beginning. And so, you know, God is in control, and he is ultimately the one um, who is guiding my life and who I need to please. So that's also why I can just go ahead and say my experience yeah. on this podcast, because, like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, um, Father Davis, um, <laughs> I think today something that I think maybe a lot of people are looking for, and I'm just kind of speculating, just even thinking for myself, I think people just kind of want a little word of guidance on like how to conduct myself if this election does not end the way that I hope. Yeah, I think it goes kind of goes back to what we've been saying, and and I always use a grid in in Philippians four and eight of of thinking about what's true, what's honorable, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable, um, and thinking about what's excellent. And if there's anything worthy of praise, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about those things, right? Uh, and I'm gonna put them into practice, and that's what I I think Paul helps us in Philippians four. Uh, verses 8 and 9, um, that we've received something. We've learned something. We just learned something from Richard this past Sunday in Isaiah chapter 40 and how we ought to conduct ourselves. And I think that that is the application um, for uh, the people of God, that we don't just come. We haven't been coming to church 
these last few years, listening to sermons, been going to community group, trying to encourage each other. Our prayer lives aren't just disciplines of ritual rhythms, but they are ways in which we learn and practice mm. um, to put in uh, the things, the peace of God and the things that we will consistently understand what's true and lovely. So if you're struggling, things don't turn out like the, they, they, like you want them to. Uh, things happen uh, during this election season that will affect you, um, whether that be there's a policy that you cared about, whether that be taxes that you care about, whether, whether that be like we talked about last week, <laughs> whether that be um, you think about abortion, um, and those, those are things that you care about. Know that God uh, is a God of truth and a God of justice. Mm -hmm and a God that reigns and rules over all things, and he holds those in our office accountable. He holds them accountable, um, and we have to remember that. I think Elijah said amen. I think that's what he was saying. <laughs> that's saying right, absolutely. Hey, child, I'm about to, I think this, you know, the people want us to be real, right? The people know, you know, we we're on staff at downtown church, and you know the 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 Bishop Richard Reeves, the world renowned preacher who uh, travels the country and all that oh stuff yeah, just to oh preach. Yeah. Even in the tundra, you know, yeah. Bishop yeah. Davis, T.D. Jakes calls, you know, St. Michael Davis every week oh asking him for his sermon notes. But the people want us to be real. Oh my God! You know, so my question is, how? The Bible calls us to love our neighbors. The Bible calls us to love our enemies, right? Mm -hmm. Am I speaking facts right now? Amen. The Bible Amen. calls us to love our enemies. And I can't lie, it seems as if right now, if you don't vote in this election, if you don't vote how I vote, mm. you're my enemy. Mm -hmm. Even if we are in the same church as church members, right? So just, just on the real talk, on practical level, how do we, as a church, as as children of of God, agree to disagree, but also like not just not just like get by, but, but like how do we have the, the the honest conversations with each other, but like also how do we not judge someone based upon if they voted differently than us? Mm. That was off the script, so y'all didn't have time to prep for that one. <laughs> Man, I think it's, um, that's a great question uh, off script, but I think it's uh, a, an issue of really taking the gospel seriously, and the gospel says two things. I'm uh, worse than I think I am, and yet I'm more loved and accepted in Christ than I've ever dared to even imagine. And if I believe that, then I have to understand that how deeply, no matter how deeply my personal conviction is of which president should sit in office, I've got to entertain the thought in a very real and deep way that I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you look at who was reigning when Jesus was crucified, <laughs> Pontius Pilate and Tiberius over him, and the worst thing possible turned out to be the best thing possible. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've got to admit that I don't know, but I've got to admit there's a Savior that does. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, when Paul says God works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, uh, he means all things. Mm -hmm. And he primarily means the tough things. I mean, I don't need to be told 
my new car is going to work out for good. <laughs> I need to be told this election, you know, that, that diagnosis that I get or a family mm. member get, I need to know that turns into good, that yeah. that is worked into good. And, um, and so either I think it's moments like this where we find out, are we really the people of God or are we the people of our own kingdom? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what really is exposed so much of the time. So it, it's got to, as Michael was saying, it's got to be a functional reality. It can't just be words and concepts that float on the surface of our minds and hearts. So. Anybody else want to add? Uh, I don't think he said it. I think he said it had to be a functional, functional reality. It's nice to say those things and, you know, kind of put it on this lofty, this lofty uh, place, but like God calls us to walk out what he has in his scriptures. Um, mm. And so we are supposed to be slow to anger and slow to speak, quick mm. to listen. Um, and it's hard to do those things mm-hmm. when um, you may feel like somebody's choice is like indirect, uh, it's directly against your humanity. You know what I'm saying? If we're real. So it is difficult, I'm not saying it's, it's not difficult, but I think like one thing that helps me whenever I'm with a friend or somebody that thinks differently than me is just to remember that people are multifaceted and dynamic. And mm. so um, if I'm just thinking like, well, if you voted for this person, you're a racist, or if you voted for this person, you don't care about life, like whatever you, right, may, you right. may be thinking, it's important to realize that people are dynamic they're multifaceted, they have different backgrounds, they may not, you know, um, they may not have grown up hearing the same rhetoric that you did. Mm-hmm. And um, as Richard said, like, you may not know some of the stuff that they know. That's <laughs> um, right. That's right. And so I think that, you know, being a Christian is just really appreciating, every, appreciating everybody for the full person that they are. Um, I think we saw that Jesus definitely appreciated people for the full, like he took, he took care of their spiritual needs, but also their physical needs, just all those, those, those different things. I think um, it's easy to just say this person is like one thing, this one dimensional character. If you vote this way, you are this one thing. And it's just like, that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. When you hear people's stories and you understand what they have heard growing up, it's, it's just different. It's different from you. And sometimes you may agree to disagree, but looking at them as a whole person made in the image of God, even though they disagree with you, I think is really important. And then like on a very like, just logistically, <laughs> as a Christian, no one party is actually lining up with Christian values. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. And so like, I, I think we also have to realize whoever we vote for, in my opinion, we are choosing the lesser of two evils and like no one party is perfect. Mm. And so if I'm just thinking like, okay, if I voted for this party, it's like the perfect party. It's God's party. It's just like, no, it's not. It's yeah. not. It's not. That's just not true. Mm-hmm. No one party is God's party, right. um, but we are God's church. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what I keep on telling myself um, when I may come into those those hard discussions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I no one party is God's party. I think that that is something um, many of y'all have to listen to again and here again, because when you think about the fact that no one party is God's party, you under your, we all understand ourselves to be under the nation of God, God's people, his children, a family. And the reality is, in any family, we're going to have differences. 
we're going to have differences. And those differences do not divide us. Mm-hmm. In fact, they strengthen us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot continue, uh, I'm talking to you downtown church, we can't continue to say that we're a church that is going to cross lines and deal with some of the tough issues, be diverse, if we don't have any expression of diversity. Um, And that's not just ethnically, right? Mm. And so when we think about the political landscape that's before us, all of us know that we're voting differently. Um, Some of us are voting some ways and some of us are voting other ways. The idea of it is, is that we know that our votes do not dictate what God does, nor does it dictate the children of God. We have a civil and community responsibility. Mm. And we do so with good conscience, knowing that we're not put to shame. Mm -hmm. Our hope is not in that. That's why we're not put to shame. Our hope Mm -hmm. is in that Jesus will come back and that he will renew and restore all things. No president, no prime minister, no policy. Nothing can do that. And so I am, just like my fellow uh, brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm voting according to what I believe is true and good for my community and for my nation, and, uh, and I'm not putting my hope in that. And when I see y'all, I hope that we aren't divided because of who's in office. Mm. I hope that we actually come closer together to see the needs of one another and to understand and sympathize with one another. Amen. Yeah, and I think we've got to be you know, we're building the kingdom. We're called to build the kingdom of God, not to build a country. And I think that is what unites us as God's people. And I really wish we would be more passionate about building the kingdom of God than building a country. Amen. And because that has always been the call of God um, on his people, that we are citizens of glory, and we manifest that citizenship out together in community And so really our unity and our coming together, um, being concerned not just for unborn but for the poor, um, and it really fascinates me how how different, you know, the political parties have divided over that. And, but but our, our problem though and our challenge is we're trying to unite those two parties when in fact, no, it should be the church. I mean, the church is to be about justice and we're the ones that are be um, to be laying our lives down for one another and literally um, putting ourselves in discomfort that our neighbor might experience more comfort. So, um, so that has to be our real focus. And if that is our focus and that's what our real work is, then the election is just kind of a, okay, I got to go vote. And yeah, I need to be engaged in that. But the real work is kingdom work. Um, and we've got those things radically backwards. Um, and it, it's, it's really a disservice to the gospel and uh, to his church. Yeah, and, and there's something that's so interesting about reading the Bible through in comparison to what I think the Christian church is today. Um, mm. I mean, we talk about it all the time, how we, as in our society, we want to do everything possible to avoid suffering, you know, right. we want to, um, you know, be comfortable at, at, at all costs. We want, as a church, we think about making more programs to, you know, appease, uh, you know, just different people's needs and wants. And when, when we just continue to preach and read 
the Bible, we see God's people. Um, even this past week, we read it. Um, Jeremiah um, said, like God said, hey, um, you're about to be in a place that's not your home, um, but still seek the welfare um, of this city. Um, yeah. You are about to be oppressed, but guess what? Like, your hope isn't um, necessarily in in this king um, and, and these politics, but your hope is still in me. Right. And, and, and that's why I think, as we already said, it's hard, but we really have to um, daily um, to just remind ourselves our true hope. Because um, I can't lie, y'all. I, I woke up this morning good, started driving to work, on the radio came on, they started talking about um, run to the grocery store and buy some more tissue and they're going to be a meat shortage. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wow. Uh, on Corona 2.0, I got to go get some more tissue and Lysol. And, you know, hey, meat. They, they can have the TP, but not the meat, man. Can we can't have a meat shortage. I was scared. I said, man, Thanksgiving right around the corner. Um, and, like, my anxiety kind of, you know, I'd be kind of... My heart started to feel a little, you know, heavy and and anxious, and I just love, you know, saying coming around on you guys and just being reminded of God is bigger than than than, than anything. Uh, so I just want to end with this. Um, it's it's easy for us um, to just talk about the you know like the principles of things, you know, love our neighbor. Um, but this week today, what does that look like? Um, um, for our people, like what is our responsibility um, in a society like this? Yeah, I, I think we have a responsibility to continue to um, care for those that are pushed to the margins. Um, we, I, I don't believe any society is a good society if they don't care for those that are in need, that are poor, that are oppressed and pushed to the margins. A society is, uh, I think, made or can be defined by the way that they care for the least of these. And that says what we're willing to give up, what we're willing to sacrifice, um, what we're willing to do. So regardless of who's in office, our responsibility in the society and, and as a church um, is to continue to fight for unity and justice. And in doing that, by keeping ourselves abreast, I think that so many people have been educated in this, in the last four years or so, about the Electoral College, about how voting works, about the census, uh, about matters of justice. There are so many different things. And we let me say this. Uh, we still see the tension between the, 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 the black community and the police community. We just seen it a couple weeks ago in Philadelphia, in Waukegan. These things don't go away. Downtown church, I want you to hear us. We, we created a whole entire curriculum called Made for Others for you so that we can be a church that will continue to foster the unity and the harmony that we hope to see in our community and that we will then embody that and do that outside. That's something for us to do. Some of us have lost hope. Some of us feel as if we don't want to be, a, we don't want to be confronted with issues. We don't want to feel tension. I do not believe that as a church and a people, a society even, we cannot move forward without good tension. It moves us forward. 
And in moving forward, what has to happen is this isn't the last election that we vote in. This isn't the last time that we educate ourselves on, um, on candidates that are going to office. This isn't the last time that we march or care for those that are being killed in the streets from police brutality. This isn't the last time. There's no last time we continue to fight until God calls us home. Amen. And when we understand that, we will stop trying to think about a, a society no longer divided yep. and hope for a society that will no longer be divided when we all are in a consummated heaven. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that um, I think the church has lost focus of that. When we planted Downtown Church um, 10 years ago, uh, really over longer than that, the, the whole idea was this, this reality that the church is to be a taste of the new heaven and the new earth, and therefore the church doesn't move out. <laughs> the church moves in. And uh, we came downtown because we wanted to be a congregation. We want to be at a bridge to the gospel uh, because we believe that it's not a political message, but the gospel message that unites people. This whole reality that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and yet all are justified freely by his grace because we all need grace. And so the thing that binds us is our weakness, and uh, that which unites us and glues us together is... um, the forgiveness and the imputed righteousness of Christ uh, as remade human beings. And uh, when that becomes our reality, then it's not a matter of how much money you make or don't make, what school do you go to or don't go to. Um, And when you're doing life together in a church body, then all of a sudden it's not me doing charity one hour a week here or me writing a check here. I'm, I'm worried about the person sitting next to me in my church family. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. worried about yes, who's coming through that door. Yes, I'm worried about my community that I see hurting. And I begin to see things differently, not because I've read an article, but because mm. I've been in relationship with that's a right. human being, a wow. fellow brother or sister. That's right. And that's what God intended. Wow. Um, that's his whole uh, the whole purpose for the multi-ethnic, cross-ethnic church. And, um, and it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. I'm going to end us with this quote by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. All right. Come on. (laughs) Many of y'all know him for saying, um, I have a dream. I'm about to end with this. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Mm. My goodness. We must accept disappointment but never lose infinite hope and where do I find my hope I look to the hills oh my goodness oh hey I look to the hills from which a place comes my help in his name is Jesus turn to your neighbor if you're driving beep your horn if you're driving and say Jesus is on the main line tell them what you want downtown church on friends and family Friends and family, this is always hear you. This is Take One Podcast. Take One, baby. And we out. And we out. Listen, he ain't done with you. He ain't through with you. End the podcast. In the podcast. I thought we ended it, but he got to keep going. He is a God. I'm going to grab this mic. That will, whoa. Bishop is on.